0: Welcome to Threads of Enlightenment, your journey into personal growth. The splendor of any decision is after you've made it. All that remains to be seen are its consequences. My name is Ken Primus. I am your host. Here at Threads of Enlightenment, we talk about the principles of self-development and personal growth. By having conversation with people, who have walked through their journey of personal growth. We believe that everyone, at some point in their life, will have to deal with one or more of these principles to have the privilege of focusing on their self-development as humans. These principles, when applied, can help you to become the best self possible.
1: Welcome to another episode of of Enlightenment. As our custom here, I first take the time to welcome our guests because I know they're coming with some precious stuff. First of all, the time. Time, I thank you so much that you are here to spend this precious commodity with us. And that the second thing that you're here to share is that journey, that personal uh, journey of pain, of growth, of victory, of excitement. And I am so honored to have you here in this space, entrusting us with such precious, precious things that you own. Doc, I want to welcome you to Threads of Enlightenment. Thank you so much for coming.
2: Thank you so much for allowing me to be here. I'm very excited to be here and to to share my journey.
1: Excellent. Doc, I want you to tell them the things that you have created so far, because I tell them the beautiful things about creators. Is that, number one, we love creating. Number two, we just don't know how to stay still. And we keep creating. And so the things that you have today will be different uh, a couple of months from now. So tell us all that you have so far.
2: Oh, absolutely. That's so true. And and I love to constantly be creating and evolving, and especially from learning from the moment and, and taking that knowledge forward. But what I am currently creating is a space to work with families, with students with mental health needs. Um, and, and also a space of sharing my, my message and my journey. I feel like I've, I've had quite a few things happen to me in my life that have been my journey and has contributed to who I am now and what I create. But my biggest thing right now is, is creating opportunities for myself to work with families, specifically of adolescents who are significantly impacted by mental health in the education setting. And it's causing them to that um, attend school on a regular basis or have feelings about who they are as an individual, as a learner, and trying to help families receive the supports and services that they deserve in order for their children to find success and to believe in themselves and in their future.
1: That is awesome. I think that is a noble um, uh, profession uh, or space by which you live, because to be there, you have to learn a lot about who you are. So I'm excited to find out about who you are. Go back and talk to us about your childhood. Uh, this is where um, I believe uh, my uh, guests of, and my um, my people have heard me said this is the lab because we have these scientists called parents, and they're just trying to find their way. They're mixing up some, some uh, chemicals uh, based on what they got from their grandfather and grandmother and father mm-hmm. and all that kind of stuff, and they start experimenting on you and I. Talk to me about your family. How was your unit and how was that and how did it begin to develop you?
2: Absolutely. So I feel like I'm, I'm someone who I think if you look at me, it looks like I must have had a very straightforward path, but it, it was not. Um, I had a very loving family unit and, and you talk about that trauma piece and you talk about that parental piece and, and I'm very much in agreement with with the idea that there's something called generational trauma, mm-hmm. and generational trauma is this trauma that you pass down from generation to generation, and most of the time you don't even realize that it's something that that you're doing. You learn how to be a human, or you learn how to how to navigate this world based off the guidance that was provided to you as a child, and that's that generational trauma piece. So I, I share with people often that you don't necessarily have to have a traumatic childhood. And when I say traumatic, I mean one that's full of abuse or neglect to still have had trauma in your mm-hmm. life or to have experienced things in your life. I I had two very loving parents, but I had parents who had their their own sense of things that they dealt with. A father who had lost his father in a fire when he was 16 years old. A father who had been a Vietnam War veteran. Um, a parent, uh, my mother, who had been a young mother, had had, um, had been a military child and had moved often. So I think those things are things that that travel with you, that doesn't make you a bad person, but they're things that impact your life and then impact who you are as a parent. Um, Growing up, I lived in a very loving household. I had brothers who were 15 and 12 years Mm -hmm. older than me. I had ADHD as a young girl, but didn't know I had it. So I Hmm. I had a lot of negative messages that were often given to me at school and from people that I loved and not being done in a negative space, but it was more of those, well, you're just being lazy or if you wanted to, you would try harder. And and those are the types of messages that I think impact children, especially when they don't understand what's going on with them as an individual in, in that mind space. But up until I was about 16, I don't know that I had the most eventful life. Uh, I would say pretty standard, but mm-hmm. when I was 16, I had a nephew who, who passed away from a mitochondrial disorder. Um, my eldest brother had had him and he would be 22 years old if he was, if he was living now. And I feel like that was the first spark, the first spark yeah. in my life that, that started to open my eyes to what the world was really like. I think for a long time you live with this idea that Nothing will ever, you know, things can happen, but they're not going to happen to me. I see things happening to other people, but not necessarily me. And that was the first time in, in my life when I first realized, okay, I am susceptible. Things can happen to me. Things Mm -hmm. can impact me. But I also feel like that was the first time in my life that I started to get put on this path that I'm on now. That was like the catalyst. Uh, to where I am now, I, I recognize that when my nephew passed away, I had a desire to want to help people, um, and I don't know if it was wanting to prevent people from feeling the same level of pain that mm-hmm. that I felt, or trying to stop people from having to feel the pain that I felt. But ultimately, it led me down a path of becoming a special education teacher. I had I had death along the way. I lost a lo- several loved ones. Friends and car accidents, so those are all things that I think shape you along the way. Uh, but ultimately, it led me to be coming a special education teacher and wanting to feel a sense of compassion towards mm-hmm. my students and and what they were feeling. And I will have to say, my first student that I ever worked with or met, um, I have to give a lot of credit to kind of shaping me throughout my my professional career. I, I met this student as a student teacher. This was a student who was in a program that didn't necessarily align with who they were as an individual. It uh-huh. made them feel very much like an outcast and somebody who, like something was wrong with them, like something yeah. about them was damaged. And it was very painful to see their feelings like this, but knowing that there weren't a lot of other options out there educationally to support them um, and, and their specific needs. And that always stuck with me. And I, for years, I went through my journey as being a special education teacher. I have to say, I feel very blessed in the sense that some people who are teachers through their whole career, hoping that they made an impact in one person's life. And I feel really blessed that I still have great connections with some of my students who are now adults with children of their own. Nice. And, and I, not only do I feel like maybe I impacted them, but they impacted me and really helped to open my eyes and, and just. Learn about the world and see new perspectives. Nice. And towards the end of my special education career as a teacher, I mean, I was able to start a program specifically for students, high school students with mental health needs. Mm-hmm. And a lot happened at that time. This was a time in my life where I felt like I was at the, at the top. Like I, mm-hmm. I was, I was where I was supposed to be. I had taken this knowledge. I had learned this knowledge. I was able to relate to students with with having gone through experiences of loss with that, with having different family dynamics. And I felt like, how, how could it get any better than this? But mm-hmm. the world definitely had uh, a different message or the universe had a different message or path for me to be on. And I think oftentimes yeah. uh, you feel this calling. And I felt like I had this calling from the v- universe that it was time for me to move on. It was time for me to do something different, but Mm-hmm. Um I thought I knew better and I said no this this is where I'm supposed to be this is what I'm supposed to be doing and that's when the universe said okay if you're not going to move on your own then then I'm going to help you move <laughs> and unfortunately about 2 years ago um there was quite a few things that happened I I had a family dynamic that was significant um I had a family member who had made some poor choices financially and and it led to um some significant concerns I had uh, nieces and nephews who had been adopted from Russia as a result of my one nephew who had passed away. Um, we had uh, family members who had gone through the adoption process, and mm-hmm. and they were in a significant area of need. And having been a special education teacher, I thought a lot of that burden fell on me to kind of help navigate um, and support them. Yes. I also then at the time had a teacher who had an affair with one of our students, um, wow. which was pretty significant, I had a student at the same time who was starting to show signs and symptoms of schizophrenia for the first time. So he was threatening to come and kill all of us on mm-hmm. a regular basis and had access to firearms. So that was um, very alarming and and scary at the time. Um, I had taken a nasty fall and ended up wow. in in a boot. And with that, with working with students with mental health needs, which I loved doing, uh, it's pretty significant when you have 58 students in a program that was only designed to meet the needs of 40 students um, mm-hmm. and you don't have the resources and the supports and one of your teachers is gone because of the decision they, they made and you're trying to support that student and her, her family. Uh, it just created a lot of stress and dynamics that in, in honesty caused me to have um, a little bit of a mental breakdown myself in the sense of that it, I just became overwhelmed and, and yeah. it was really hard to, to really navigate work. Um, I have two small children, so it was hard to navigate having two small children because it just seemed like every time that I was coming up for air to catch my breath, the next thing would happen. So within the next year, my mother, uh, ended up being diagnosed with throat cancer and had to wow. start the, the chemo and, and radiation aspect. And so, like I said, it, it was just like one thing after another. You'd come up for air and the next wave of news would come and you started to really feel like, what, what did I do wrong? What, what was yeah. it that, you know, what, what, what is it? What karma is coming back for me <laughs> at, at this point in time with all of these, these things that are happening? But what, and it took me two years to come out the other side of this and start to recognize that it wasn't so much what I did wrong or karma coming back. It was more that the universe was forcing me because I wasn't taking the subtle hints They yeah. they were for, it was forcing me to <laughs> have to open my eyes and really take a deep dive on myself. Uh, through this process, I ended up in a lot of therapy, but it, it was all for the better because it really started to help me open my eyes to who I am as an individual um, at the same time, I was in the process of getting my doctorate. So th- that was just <laughs> wow. one more factor on there. But the nice thing about my doctorate studies was it was about mind, brain and teaching. So yeah. I-, I had the opportunity to really learn about the environment, the role that the environment plays on you as mm-hmm. an individual, how you observe and take in information and process that information. And, and it allowed me to do a deep dive that None of this happened to me because I was a bad person. This happened to me because I needed to be awake. I needed to yeah. recognize and understand this greater or higher, higher thing that was, that was going on. I needed to allow my truth to become my reality mm-hmm. instead of living in this, this state of fear. I had to let go of this fear of things happening and, and let go of some of the anxiety that came along with that. And really start to focus on what was the bigger p- picture? What was the, the bigger message? And, and that I was worthy of some of these things that I always felt like, Oh, not me or I, you know, not, I, I'm not deserving of this or I'm a bad person. If I want these things and, and really yeah. starting to do the work on myself that allowed me to, to kind of almost step back and look at my life in front of me as a map and go, okay, this is where these feelings came from or these are where these emotions uh, were centered. And start to do the work on me as an individual from from birth all the way through present of really starting to understand who I am as an individual, what my mm-hmm. needs, my wants, what my desires are. I think for a very long time, I was a person who was driven by what, how do I make, how do I meet the expectations of others that are put on? How do I meet the expectations that I felt like my parents wanted for me or that I'm supposed to have as a mother and stop and go. How do I meet the expectations that I want for myself, that I feel are success? And so that has really been my journey for the last two years. And I feel like it's an ongoing and will forever be an ongoing journey. It's it's this idea now of knowing that I don't know everything and I'll never know everything and allowing myself to open up to others, to share my experiences with others, to hear from others' perspectives. That Mm -hmm. will continue my, my growth and allow me to continue, um, gaining this deeper understanding of life, of myself, and ultimately what my purpose of my journey is.
1: That is some powerful stuff that you mentioned, uh, because you had initially in the conversation, you talked about, um, generational trauma and you never talked about it, but you mentioned it. And I have this knack of listening (laughs) to go back into that because those generational um, traumas, they exist and they uh, persist within our lives. And each generation, I believe, is given an opportunity to be that generation that will deal with it. But most generations, uh, we look back in, uh, at our founders and forefathers and parents and so forth, they didn't deal with it because they were so busy bringing you and I up. But, I believe that life has a way of just interrupting and 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 your example is perfect of that because one generation must deal with it and begin to move it out from that family or it will continue to go. What you'd mentioned some, but you never talked into it, and I know when you're dealing with your personal growth that you had to do. I know you had to go back and visit some of those. Thoughts. What were some of those?
2: I think I had to go back and I had to understand why I had so much pressure on myself. Um, yeah. When I think back, I had a lot of dreams and desires when I was young, and a lot of them were kind of those daydream desires. I sang a lot when I was a younger child. I was I was the lead in all these musicals, and I had this idea. But i was not going to be a doctor of education my idea <laughs> when i was younger is i was going to be this broadway type of person and and i loved performing and and, and i and i was good at it i really was and, and it took me a long time to be able to say i was good at it cuz for a long time i felt like that that's that's selfish or that's bad to say i'm good at something that that, that doesn't yeah. feel right to say it. but I, I i was and then i think my parents recognized that but my parents came from a generation of individuals, they're boomers, and they came from a generation of, of, they were children of the children of the depression. And, and it wasn't bad to have dreams, but it wasn't realistic. It was yeah. more realistic that you had to, you know, get older, get, get, get schooling. You needed to get a solid job. You had to be stable. That, that was success to them. Yeah. You know, waiting tables while you're waiting for your lucky break was not a definition <laughs> of success for them and i think i had shared my mom was a young mom and so i think a lot of maybe what her her dreams and aspirations had been she didn't get to pursue and and i think i was the opportunity to come through my parents to come and do things right you know that mm-hmm. they were providing me with everything that they could provide me they my both my parents worked very hard um like i said they were loving they were stable individuals but but there was expectations that came along with it yeah. and and i think that I think a lot of that, that is what I had to work on. It was this idea that I needed to meet their expectations. So when I would go to them and I said, these are my dreams or this is what I wanted to pursue, there was always this, that's nice, but this is really what you should be doing. This is really what success will look like. This is, and, and that was stuff I had to work through and and understand. And I think part of understanding that goes back to that generational trauma and understanding why did they feel like those were the messages that they needed to give to me. And I think it was because those were the messages that were given to them. Um, mm-hmm. I think, you know, when my mom became a young mother, I think my my grandparents are a lovely, wonderful people, but I only knew them in the grandparent role. I didn't know them in yeah. the grandparent role. So I'm sure the messages that I got were not the messages that my mother received. I'm sure they still loved her. There was obviously a relationship and an action there, but I'm sure they they gave her messages of this is our expectation or what we wanted to see from you or, this is what success should have been. And I think yeah. the same thing from my father too. My father, like I said, his, his biological father had died in a fire when he was 16. Um, he had been raised by the man that I knew as my grandfather. And then his mother died before I was even born. So my my dad had his own yeah. trauma associated with him too. So again, I think you can be a loving person, but if you don't recognize the kind of things that you're dealing with in your life, then um, I I I don't think that you can then make clear decisions on how to help your children or the next exactly. generation, yeah. and I don't think it, it's something that they were you saying I don't want to deal with this I'm not going to deal with it. But if you think to the generation too, it was a generation of we don't express our theme. that mm-hmm. these. Even if I have these feelings, I keep them to myself. They're not everybody's burden, you know. I'm supposed to feel a certain way. I'm supposed to act a certain way. And I think even in my youth, I got a little bit of that messaging too. Again, not because they're bad people, but because no. that was the message that they were given too. Like you're fine. You, yeah. If you are not, you're not. You're being dramatic. You're. Fine. Yeah. Even though you're you're not fine, but that's mm-hmm. the message that you're getting into. So you push it down and push bottle it, it up. And sometimes it's not until you're an adult when you almost get this trigger that happens. And maybe my trigger was this trigger two years ago, or maybe it had been building my whole life. And that was just the, you know, the catalyst that blew everything up. But I think that that was really what I've done a lot of work on over the last two years is I had to go back and I had to understood understand my childhood. Yes. But in understanding Mm -hmm. my childhood, I had to understand my parents childhood. And I had to understand my grandparents' childhood because those are the messages that keep getting passed down. And and there's a whole there's a wonderful book called It Didn't Start With You that talks about generational trauma. It even talks about scientific experiments where mice have been exposed to these very harsh conditions. And then their offspring who had never been exposed to the harsh conditions still have these same responses to even being mildly exposed to a condition or the thought of this condition. So in our our DNA, we hold on to these ideas. So even if it's a grandparent that we never met, we might still be holding on to these feelings or these traumas within us that we aren't even aware of or even have been exposed to in the past. So that has been a lot of what my journey has been the last two years is really trying to take a deeper dive in understanding that so that I can ultimately understand myself
1: better. And that's, that's the purpose of it, because you are now going to discover who you are. And oh. as a matter of discovering who you are, you're going to start discovering the gifts, the deeper things that are inside that will enlighten your spirit and cause you to go, yes. And, um, but we all have to go back, Doc. We have to go back and do that investigation in order to become a better student of yourselves. And I tell people, as you become a better student of yourself, that to me is what is called enlightenment. Because you're moving from enlightenment to enlightenment, you're actually experiencing more and more of yourself and seeing how beautiful you are, how capable you are, how loving you are. Because as you begin to learn how to forgive yourself, um, for some of the actions and and the things that you did and you, you thought, as you began to speak kind to you and and have empathy with yourself, forgive yourself. As you do that, then you can live in that space that you're living in because that heart of yours, like as you read your 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 stuff, you'll see that you have this big heart, and that's where I wanted to uh, on the onset. To, I said to you. I want to see where that came from. That means that you had to go on a serious journey to know who you are in order for you to start loving someone deeper. Because as you love you, I swear to people, when you fall in love with yourself, you will love someone else deeper than if you did not have that experience because you know what it feels like to be loved. And so when you say to someone, I love you, it's coming from a place of uh, strength and power. So here you are, Doc. You, you've gone back and you have your coach with you. You mentioned that you had some uh, someone guiding you through those things. And as they began to surface, Doc, all of those uh, hidden mysteries that we put aside and cover that we don't want to face. But life uh, is pulling you. And I tell people it's like Bolero, Doc. That song, Bolero. The crescendo—it's—it's it's happening all through our life. We just don't know it. And then mm-hmm. one day, all those symbols starts ringing, and our world <laughs> is just falling all over the place. Mm-hmm. And uh, we realize, wait a minute, there's been a symphony playing in my life for years. So, talk mm-hmm. to me as to when you all the the symbols starts ringing in your in your life. Uh, you mentioned some of it, but when you start digging deeper into your space and look into your heart, what were some of those things? that you uh, found out that you needed to walk through in order to become this uh, woman that is uh, before me?
2: You know, I think I had always felt very compassionate towards everyone. Um, ever since I was a young girl, I felt like I was always very sensitive to everybody's feelings and needs. And, and that's not changed to this day. I I am somebody who truly never wants anyone to ever be bad about themselves. I never mm-hmm. want anybody to ever, um, feel like other people have brought them down. I, I truly want everyone to just feel like I'm a badass rock star and I can <laughs> take on, uh, on the world. I, and I want everyone to feel that way. And, and I'm a fixer and I'm a yeah. doer. I'm that type of person who, if I see somebody struggling, I want to step in and I want to fix it for them and, and I want to help them. And, and sometimes I, the hard lesson that I've learned and through some of my younger years is, Sometimes you have to have those lessons happen to you yourself. As much as I want to step in and fix the situation for you, I cannot. But, um, but I still want to be there and support you. And I want to guide you. And part of this journey, I think within the last two years where I started to walk to that was just starting to realize that I needed to give myself the same level of compassion yes. that I gave. Everybody else. Everyone
1: else. And
2: I mean, since I was a young girl, like I said, I have always seen people who were the underdog and I always was like, I can step in and I can, I can have that, that girl on the playground who's being mean to that girl. I'll step in and she can be mean to me because I can take it. I can yeah. take the bullying so that that girl doesn't have to take bullying. A- and that is how I had always been. And I don't think I had realized that. Even though I was strong and I could take it and I wanted to take it for someone else, but that stuff still weighs on you. That stuff mm-hmm. still stays with you. Um, and I wasn't being as compassionate to myself or caring to myself as I was to other people. So I almost had to separate myself and hopefully this will make sense as, as I explain it, but I almost had to step back and in my mind, not look at myself as, you know, this one entity, but kind of look at myself as like, my mind and who I am are almost two different entities and I needed to show a little bit more passion where yeah. I was showing compassion to other people or I would, you know, if a friend were to come to you and say, this is going on in my life and would give this like heartfelt advice or, or I'm feeling bad about myself and really play up the person to them. Oh, well, you're so wonderful or you have these. Yeah. I had to start doing that for myself. I had never done that for myself in the past. I had always just been like yeah why Why that was stupid or, why did you think that or you know question myself or make myself yeah. feel bad about the the process and decision and i had to learn to stop doing that i had to learn to allow myself the same amount of grace and compassion yes. that i would give to others and, and that was part of that learning process and part of that was having somebody else bring that to my attention too and and ask mm-hmm. me and go why why do you feel that way Would you Would you say this to somebody if they came to you and said, here's what's going on in my life? Would you have those thoughts and feelings and say, I was like, no, I I wouldn't say that. And why are you saying that to yourself? And that was a major light bulb that went out to myself is why am I beating up on myself so much? But I offer all this compassion and love to, to even strangers that I wouldn't give to myself. And that was part of the journey, too, in trying to understand that. I needed to let go of some of that negativity and, and I needed to essentially change my perspective. Instead of exactly. saying like, this is yeah. a bad moment or this is a bad situation, it had, what am I learning from this moment? What am mm-hmm. I, what did, how am I transforming from this moment? And I also had to recognize that sometimes these, these tougher situations or these bad things in life happen because how can I appreciate some of the amazing things that are happening or the, you know, the sunshine and glorious moments if I don't have the other end of the spectrum to to compare it to. So sometimes it's a matter of perspective and, and it's an experience that allows me to then appreciate the really amazing things. But it's also an experience that allows me to learn and grow and sometimes discover something new about myself that I didn't previously know that I, that I can now unearth and I can work through. I can help a lot of what I will do now is like if a feeling or an emotion comes up, where I'm feeling really stuck on something is I go, I try to root cause it. Okay, where did this stem? Why yes. is this emotion yes. so powerful? Mm-hmm. Where Where did I first experience this in, in my life? And I try to go back to think, um, when was the first time this happened in my life that gave me this and then kind of work through it, which is a type of therapy called EMDR, um, It's not my favorite mm-hmm. kind of therapy because it definitely <laughs> you have to relive things on over and over yeah. that you didn't necessarily enjoy. But in the end, it really is powerful and helpful because it does help you kind of root cause what that initial feeling was and kind of work through it. And And it allows you, you don't forget, you never forget about the experience, but it allows you to be much more centered and, and acknowledging of it. I, I shared with you about my nephew who passed away. That was two years of therapy to be able to tell you that without starting to hysterically. It still hurts to say it and think about it, that that pain and those feelings and emotions didn't go away. But I now have a better, I'm better composed. I can talk about it. I I can experience it. I've caused how that has impacted me in other areas of my life. And I think that's really what is a big part of starting to unearth and discover yourself is trying to understand where these initial feelings come from and, and work through it. Heart the present it. moment so you can really unpack
1: it. Yeah, it is a wonderful journey to go on. And I think it's a life-changing ch- uh, journey and everyone should want to go on to that. It is, um, it is a painful space, but it's beautiful. I remember when I began to um, enjoy my awakening, I had achieved so much of the past and I still didn't um, go through mine. And when I went through my personal journey, to learn who I was. Um, I remember um, uh, just being away from people as far as relationships or anything. I shut myself down. I enjoyed my friends. I would go out and spend time with them, but I wouldn't have any internal relationship per se. And so I began to date Ken and I began to take him out on all the movies. Like, every place I wanted to go, I went by myself. And those memories were some of the best times that I have, the people I met, the conversations that we had, um, it was able to allow me to, as you stated, it is a change of perspective. I had to go back and look at my past. And then I looked and I saw what were those things that caused the trauma. And I began to look at it from a different point of view. And then I could understand my parents. I could understand what took place. And once I began to make those um uh critical adjustment to my uh thought life I was able to then walk from there and walk into this newness of who I am. I fell in love with pen Primus i actually the doctor 'd walk around and kiss myself i just i just loved this guy because I was so harsh to him i was i i um i I just broke him down and I had to learn how to encourage him how to love him and how to Hug him and hold him and walk with him and take him through. And now, uh, he is serving me in a fashion that I am loving the life that I was able to create as my introduction to him become more and more and more and more personal. It's a beautiful space. So you're enjoying beautiful. this talk. You've gotten your, your studying your, your master's life is, man, you went through. <laughs> you were telling your story. Uh, there was definitely
2: a two-year period there that that was a little rough. Yeah, but I I feel like in the beginning I definitely had the why. Why is this happening to me? Why me? Yeah. And but on the other side, I I realized that it wasn't so much why is this happening to me as much as it was the universe is being like I'm going to move you along. It's time to move yeah. along. You didn't take the subtle hints. So now I've gotta I've gotta do it in a more abrupt fashion.
1: Yeah, I tell people about those subtle subtle hints. And it's because we are not in awareness, though. We don't live in this mm-hmm. space of awareness. But I guarantee you, now you're in that space of awareness.
2: Oh yes. <laughs> now now <laughs> yeah. anytime anything I have a feeling, I'm very much like, Okay, let me think on this. What is this telling me? What do I need to look at? What do I need to deep dive on? I'm much more patient with making decisions yes. now than I used to be in the past yes. because I want to make sure, not that I'm, you know, I have to make sure it's, a, it's not like an anxiety or OCD, but it's like, does it feel right? Is the timing yes. right? Uh, and and I've learned things from that too. You know, I've applied some of these new skills and I've seen the positive outcomes that, that mm-hmm. they've had in, in waiting um, instead of just saying, okay, this is the best I'm going to get or the best I can do. I'm going to jump on it kind of waiting and being patient and saying, I can do better and I deserve more. I get more. I get better. And so I have this idea that your truth becomes your reality. Yes. And And I really try to hold fast on that. If you believe that you are only deserving of bad things, or you are only going to experience bad things, then I believe that that's kind of what starts to manifest in in your life. And I'm not, and I'm using the word manifest not so much in the we're manifesting things, but that that's just what starts to show up in your life because that's what you believe. But I think if you start to believe that, I, I deserve these things and, and I'm deserving and I, I'm a good person and, and I can make these things happen and nothing's going to stand in my way. It doesn't matter what the challenge looks like. I can take it on and I can overcome it. Then that becomes your reality too. But I don't think it's as easy as just believing. I think you really have to do kind of that that you and I have both talked about doing on yourself. Yeah. I think part of being able to get to that truth is your reality is doing the work and work. understanding who you are and what you truly do deserve and, and what, what your life really should look like. And then once you've done that work and you keep that, that mentality of I am deserving and, and I am capable, then then that's when that truth will become your reality. And it's hard work. It's not easy. If you could see my computer right now, you would see all these quotes on sticky notes that are just (laughs) hanging out around my computer right now that have all these like positive affirmations and different things on it. And I do that because I do have to remind myself because it is work. It's not just this natural thing that happens, especially if you have been stuck in these negative mindsets for a really long time. And so, but I think if you can work through it and you get to that point, oh. then your truth will become your reality. And you just, it's going to be, you have to know it's going to be an ongoing work. Um, but once you get to a, a point where you're good with it, it, it feels good. It's good work. It's positive work. It makes you yeah. feel like I'm growing and I'm learning and you feel good. It actually fuels you. It doesn't feel heavy or like a burden.
1: Now you become a better student of yourself and you were describing it. The journey um, uh, personal development is not for weak people, it is not for lazy people. it is not for anything. It is it comes and it's created and it's formed from what I call a statement of faith. What is that? That statement of faith, donk, is what you it's a personal statement that you make to yourself that you believe more than anything else. And once you have made it you are the next step is to take the necessary corresponding action to bring that thing to a reality and uh whatever that statement is in your life and that is usually why someone is stuck because they haven't decided yet because the human uh, being this human spirit of us is waiting for decisions and once we have made that decision you will see What happens is that we are energy and we begin to release. The energy goes and is released by what we say and what we believe. So if you are one that is drawing energy of less than, I deserve this, it will manifest because that is what you are calling. That is how great you are, how powerful you are. You will get what you call into your life. And so you want negative stuff call it in and it will come. And if you want that change, the the Bible has a terminology for that mindset that someone has. It calls it a stronghold. Meaning that it is it's gonna take some time to get past that and to walk through it and to so it takes years. This is not a you know, a quick thing you throw in the in the blender and you put a couple of things and you mix it up and you and you have this beautiful tasting smoothie. No, no, no. This stuff is going to make you cry. It's going to make you look into stuff and go, oh my God, I can't believe it. And then, but you're you're not, it's not, that experience is not to pull you down. It's to go, wow, I didn't know that was there. I didn't know I was doing that. I need to move from that. And then you move. And um, it is a beautiful space, Stop. It is painful. It is rich. It is ever-loving. It is ever-experiencing. You will never, ever grow bored as you develop and and get into who you are. So here you are, Doc, and you've moved through this. You've gone through your therapy. You've walked through, and this girl, you've fallen in love with this beautiful woman. You are now loving your children deeper, and you are going, and life is beating you up and rough you up, shaking you out. And so it drops you out, and where are you after this? Big shakeout took place and uh, those new visions that you had placed as you walked through that two year journey. Talk to me as to some of those things that you began to notice and then you began to move forward to make and manifest in your life today.
2: You know, I think the best way to describe it is that feeling that you have when you're 21, 22 years old and, and the world seems like it, it it's out in front of you and you have these endless paths of, of opportunity and possibility. I think sometimes mm-hmm. as you get older, maybe you start to get to your 30s, your mid-30s, getting closer to 40, you start to lose some of that optimism, but this actually renews it. You yeah. feel like the world is my my oyster again, and, and, and I feel that way. And, and it's not a sense that I feel like, oh, nothing negative or bad will ever happen to me again. I'm sure I will have hard times again. I am sure right. I will go through experiences that are difficult a lot. But I think the difference now is, although I don't relish them and I'm not looking forward to them, I don't <laughs> fear them in the same yes. way that I feared them. I know that mm-hmm. I'm capable of moving through and overcoming. And in the meantime, I'm not going to let that fear impact my moment that I'm in now. I'm much more mm-hmm. present in the moment now than I am living in the past or living in this future. I, I'm here in this moment. What is this moment doing for me? But I also have feelings of optimism, and that I haven't had in a long time. Like, like, yeah. I, like I was twenty-one or twenty-two. Like, I, I feel like it's almost like a, a fresh start on life again. I have mm-hmm. the opportunity to take my experiences, my knowledge, my professional background, really start to apply it to something new, and and I'm excited about where does that journey take me. I don't know what it looks like, and I'm okay with it not yeah. knowing what it looks like because. To me, the not knowing is part of the excitement now. The yes, excitement yes. of where could this <laughs> take me? What could yeah. it look like? What will I manifest or bring into my life now that I'm coming from this higher level of positive energy than, than the lower negative energy I was at two years yes. ago? Um, if mm-hmm. it was power enough to, powerful enough to bring in some of the stuff that it brought in two years ago, what kind of positive things will it bring yes. in now that my energy is aligned in a very different way? And that, that is kind of where I'm at today. I'm still, I feel like I'm at a part with a path where I, I've passed the introductory course. <laughs> I, I'm past the 101 versions. And now I'm, yeah. I'm finally getting into some of the really more deep seated learning of enlightenment and, and the path with much more learning to go. And, but I'm excited about the learning because I feel like with yeah. each new discovery, you understand yourself a little bit better. And yes. it, it, it contributes to that, those feelings of excitement of how, how is this journey going to turn out? Where is this journey going to take me? What is, what is life going to look like? It, it definitely renews your sense of enjoyment and excitement towards life compared to, um, prior to starting this journey of just feeling like I was in a very low type of
1: space. Yeah. Yeah. I, you, you enjoy everything living in the present. Um, and I've said this before, I enjoy the, the wind sometimes. Um, where I'm at, I, I get up in the morning. I hear the, the cock crowing and the, I enjoy all the noise. Um, it's really weird. I, I enjoy the wind on my face. I enjoy simple things that people don't pay attention. Um, I find myself fascinated and just having a, an experience, uh, between mm-hmm. myself, just enjoying this thing. And, and I feel that joy from within. Um, as I am just having this oneness with, uh, all things. It is a beautiful mm-hmm. feeling. Uh, and your life becomes palatable tastes. There's a taste to it. There's a flavor to it that is different. The, um, the surprises is good. The, uh, everything is good. Um, the sleep becomes good. I know I use meditation a lot and meditation becomes sweet. It, it um, You wear things different and I encourage everyone that hasn't started there or allow themselves to start. That's the thing. They haven't allowed themselves to start. Mm -hmm. Um, I pray that you allow yourself to start this journey. Drop it. You can't be a good mother nor a husband. Trust me. You cannot be a husband, a wife, friend, good friend until you start this journey. You cannot love me until you love you first. And until you love me, uh, and when you stand before her and you tell me you love me, and I look at you and I see how you haven't learned how to implement boundaries. Boundaries are there to save your life. Boundaries mm-hmm. are there mm-hmm. to give you wisdom. They're there to guide you. They're there to protect you. Um uh, These are the things that we shun uh because, um and you did it, I did it. Um, I gave to them more than I gave to me. And I had to learn about boundaries. I had to learn how to protect my heart. I had to learn how to protect my feelings, how to protect things from me, because I learned something on this journey, Don, that I am an endangered species. And I got to be very careful to make sure that this species li- live here on this planet as long as possible, as healthy as possible. Because once I am gone, it, this particular species is no longer on this planet. And so, I am in love with this species. And so because I know this, when I meet another uh, endangered species, my behavior to them is different than if I did not know that. And so I enjoy my journey. Fall in love with yourself. And because when you become, when you fall in love with yourself, you'll be a better father, mother, um, child, everything. And you will grow and become. And I, um, I'm asking everyone that is listening to this, I want you guys to get in touch with Tom get into her space, she talked about families and and children with challenges. This woman, if you read her stuff, you will see that this has been her life. And if it's her life, trust me, she has gained some stuff that is precious. And you're going to need some of that to help you and your family to go to that next level. I want to thank you for coming to Threads of Enlightenment. This has been fun.
2: Thank you. Thank you so much. Thank you for this opportunity to share my, my journey and just, and, and talk to you about this. I, I truly appreciate it. I'm, I'm
0: very grateful.
1: Thank you, Don. See Um, yes.
0: Everyone who's listening to this broadcast, we hope to continually help you to learn how to embrace moments of darkness because it is in the darkness that we learn how to develop and use our abilities to truly see those parts of ourselves often invisible to us in the light. It becomes your responsibility to navigate through all of your trial, to find out who you truly are and begin your journey to loving yourself, which is possibly one of the most difficult things you will ever do in your life. To love yourself and to find the real you. But always remember to enjoy the journey. Thank you for coming by. Please subscribe. And if you can support us financially, we deeply appreciate it. Until next time, invite your family, friends, neighbors, anyone that you can. You can hear us on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Apple Music, iHeart Radio, CastBox, Overcast, and many more.